Francisco 49 is deep in the heart. Like Joe Montana in the corner, deep Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff farm going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Groovy, Walgreens, Bill Belichick. Welcome to the 49er Faithful UK show. I think it is fair to say that the Niners rolled into Mexico City and treated the Cardinals like a piñata in the 38-10 beatdown. This was the game we've been waiting for, a game with dominating defence finally complemented by an explosive and effective offence. Was it enough to make the podcast team happy? Is the show going to fall apart now that Lee is in the Bay Area? Is Nagy going to sneak aboard the Jimmy G train? And just how accurate were our preview show predictions? I'm Gareth Ellis, and answering those questions today are Naji Karar. Hello, everyone. And Paul Hope. Si, siente, bien, bebe. Feels great, baby. <laughs> I was Excellent. very for that. Was Thank really you, Paul. <laughs> the first thought, it was, it was great to see a, a home game for the Niners down in Mexico City. I think uh, a huge round of applause from everyone here in the UK to our uh, fellow non-US 49ers fans over in Mexico who made it uh, a great atmosphere, I think, um, and certainly a game where you kind of thought, oh, I wish I'd been there for that one. That would have mm. been great. Um, I might have needed yeah. to be on the oxygen, but at 7,000 feet. But um, yeah, fair play to the, uh, the Niner faithful down in Mexico. Yeah. So let's start with the offense. It finally clicked, led by another efficient and generally mistake-free outing from backup quarterback Jimmy Garoppolo, or Jimmy Guapolo, I think is the uh, uh, Mexican name. Paul. What can you say about Jimmy G and his performance? I mean, we didn't think for a second that Jimmy would still be here at the start of the season and let alone playing the best football of his career, Gareth. Um, I know a lot of people are interested more in Nadji's opinion than mine, but before I hand over, I'm, you said it well at the start of the show there, Gareth. It was mistake-free football. I was laughed at by my bold prediction that Jimmy wouldn't turn the ball over for the third game in a row. And he was consistently giving his receivers the opportunities to make the plays um, for touchdowns. I mean, looking at the stats, which I know a lot of people, 20 for 29, 228 passing yards, and he had 131.9 passer rating. I think the offensive line helped. I think, obviously, they coped well with the Cardinals. But I know you're probably cringing, Nadji, and the margins in the NFL are razor thin. And I'm not going to say he was elite. I'm not going to say he was perfect. I mean, Neil Watson, we do have to use a little bit of critique. There was a couple of throws, Nadji, that you pointed out before we went live that we could have had back. But for me, Gareth, the touchdown to Kittle, where it looked like the player was breaking down, he started to escape out the pocket, and I was like, slide, slide, don't get a hit. And then all of a sudden, he just popped the ball to Kittle. And I was like, there's Gareth's first ball prediction, Kittle getting the touchdown. And I think CMC has added that new dimension, that safety valve, which Jimmy is taking full advantage of. But like I said, I could sit here and wax lyrical about number 10. I'm on record as being a Jimmy fan. Me, you and Lee got aboard the Jimmy train. So without further ado, Nadji, are you on board? And are you driving that train, buddy? Choo-choo! I'm, I'm not driving it. I'm both single. I might go for the next station. We'll see. Uh, but yeah, no, that was, it was a good performance. It, it was actually the cleanest he's ever had. I don't recall... One throw, so it was like, oh, almost picked. I can't, I can't remember which is, you know, he got lucky with against the Rams and and um, I can't remember who he played last week. Never mind. Um, oh, yes. That's it. That's it. Um, so you, you know, uh, that was clean. It was pretty clinical on most of his passes. I think the one, yeah, you're right. The one to Kittle was pretty good. Um, totally improvised. You can see the chemistry between the two. Um, 
Yeah, there's a couple I, I don't like. All those high throws to the flat hospital balls where the either CMC or Debo gets tackled before he even touches the ground is I, I really don't like them. I'd I'd like him to see that pressure is there and it's not really open and just and just throw that away in the ground or in the stand or whatever and be a bit more clever about it. But I, I'll take it. I, we can't really be complaining about a game like that from Jimmy. It's it's what we wanted him to do for five years, six years, however long he's been with us. Uh, Made continues. Um, what really is baffling to me is, and you know, I, I had a ball prediction that went completely <laughs> the other way. Um, we're a first pass team. Um, we're passing more than we're running the ball. We don't we don't set up the pass with the run anymore, and that's really really interesting. Um, I don't think it's just CMC. I think it's definitely coming because we have Trey, and we prepared to be a pass first team. But uh, yeah, I'd like to know what you guys think about because ultimately, and 28 attempts rushing, 29 passes. That's more passes, and the rushing was mostly. You know, like six or seven in a garbage time with Brock Purdy and Jordan Mason. So it wasn't even that close before the game was over. What do you guys think? Do you think it's a good sign? Do you think Kyle's learning and um, has listened to the pod and asked for things? Go on, Paul. I was going to say, Paul Gareth, I wanted his opinion on Jimmy G. Do you not think, Nadji, that Kyle Shanahan is finally showing that he's gone into each game with a game plan? So we played the Chargers last week and we reviewed that on the 49er Supporters Club and it was a very run-heavy, a close game. And we said on the show before the Cardinals game that the Cardinals' defence is the worst in the league for yards after the catch. And Kyle Shanahan showed that on Monday night. Like you said there, we passed the ball more than we ran the ball. There was a couple of deep balls mixed in there, but Jimmy was consistent and it was like um, you were talking off air, Gareth, the Debo rushing attempt, so it's rushing touchdown, sorry. So there was a couple of players before that, Nadji, where we tried to get the ball to uh, Debo and he tried to run. And like you said, Gareth, the league has seen that. They just shut it down straight away. And I was texting Jay Peplow and I said, I'd love to see a jet sweep. I'd love to see maybe it's an end around. And then about three players later, the ball popped up and it was just like that touchdown against Seattle a couple of years ago. And Debo yeah. just ran it in. And you said to yourself, the offensive line needs a lot of credit in that play. I shared a breakdown on Twitter earlier where there's a former NFL player talking about it. And you see how the offensive line set up to go one way and then they spin the ball around and it's a game of numbers and they've got, you know, six people upfield. Jake Brendel, we've been a little bit critical of Jake, but on that play, Nadji, Jake Brendel was out in front like a wrecking ball. You've got Trent Williams, you've got Kittle. So to answer your question, I think Kyle Shanahan is looking at each opponent and he's scheming it up finally, like what we've been calling out for. Attack their weaknesses. And boy, oh boy, did it show on Monday night. What do you it think, did. Gareth? Yeah, the, the question is, Gareth, is now that you've seen performance like this, and in the past, Jimmy G was renowned to be the QB that if we were falling behind, we would never win the game. Do you think we can, if we fall behind in a game now, uh, 14 to nothing, come back and win a game and just rely on his passing. I'm not sure. I don't think we... The offence has, hasn't necessarily been built for doing those quick scores. It's been built to grind the clock, uh, wear out opposing defences. And, of course, that goes against you. You can't suddenly flip that when you, you suddenly need two scores in the fourth quarter and you've only probably got three possessions left in the game. So I think that is that is tricky to do. And I think the key is always making sure that we're not in that position. And I think that is something we've generally been able to do in, in that we've always been able to keep, in games where we've not played well, we've been able to keep them fairly tight. 
um, and stay in touch and not get those kind of two, three scores down where suddenly you need to start changing the offense and think, okay, we've got to get chunk plays. We, we can't do what we've done before, which is four yards, seven yards, three yards, nine yards, and just keep that first downs ticking over and keep the yardage ticking over, keep their defense on the field, keep them guessing, swap out our playmakers um, and, and, and have them have a defense not knowing what to do. So I'm not sure we're really built that way. And I, I don't, I think you need to be able to win in lots of different ways in the NFL. Um, and that's perhaps a weakness, but it's only a weakness if we ever get ourselves down into that position. Which of course can happen, you know, fumble on a yeah. kickoff or yeah. uh, a pick six on the short field, and suddenly you're two scores down. We we've we've seen that before, but um, I, I'm I'm not sure that we are necessarily um, uh, that team that can come back. But we do have those explosive players, and yeah. I'm hoping that we've seen this before with Shanahan. He starts out the season a bit more conservative, and he wants to know that the team is ready, and he wants to mix in a few things in the week before that may be those plays that we haven't seen yet. Um, and this is the start, the point of the season where there's no point saving plays anymore for later on down the line. I think if you, you start off, you get the basics right, you get your bread and butter right, and then you can start adding in a few of these these extra wrinkles that Shanahan might have um, uh, tucked away in the in the last pages of his playbook. Um, and and this, this is the time that maybe you need to pull them out. But we, we haven't needed to in the last couple of games because I think we've been in control. And I think obviously the defensive performance gives us confidence that any time we punt, we're not necessarily immediately thinking next time the offense is on the field, they're going to be behind. Um, I'm, oh yeah, I'm, I'm not convinced that we can necessarily go out and do that. And, and Jimmy G isn't that guy. I mean, let's face it, Jimmy G is not necessarily going to be Mahomes or, or one of the elite five quarterbacks in, in the league. But uh, I'm finally pleased that Jimmy, this, this is the Jimmy we've been wanting to see because we know what good Jimmy is like. And we know good Jimmy with our coach, with our offensive playmakers, with a decent offensive line and a, and a good defense, that it's, it's enough to go all the way. We know that so long as you can keep the bad Jimmys on the bench. And that's what he's been able to do in the last three games. I think yeah. we haven't seen the interceptions. One thing I've noticed, remember Jimmy used to always do that little pirouette out of pressure and he used to always just get bundled to the floor. He yeah. stopped doing that. Yeah. And the, that play to Kittle, there was the, the pass to Ray, Ray, Ray McLeod last week. Yeah. He's getting that, seems to be getting that little bit of sense of pressure, adjusting, keeping his eyes downfield and hitting receivers. And that was almost like that we always picked up on, and he seems yeah. to have. It's almost like the the two injuries, you know, the Achilles and the knee, and and all that. It's kind of finally gone now, and he's actually back in in his groove, in his, you know, before even before the Chiefs, you know, the Chiefs injury in 2018. So, uh, I, yeah, I, there's definitely a different mindset about him. Um, I think he's. He's also, you know, it's a contract here for him. And players do play better in their contract here most of the he's, time. He's in the it's, shop window. And I think you can see he's playing yeah. loose. He's playing with nothing to lose, you know. That's, yeah, that's that's what I mean. And maybe QB1 at, at San Francisco, that, that's a lot of pressure. He had a and big Jets. Jets could use a QB. It's um, interesting that he's added to that element of his game, Gareth, where you were saying there that when he, he used to pirouette and get sacked. But he's also... I know it sounds stupid to praise this, but he's thrown the ball away when when the player's not there. So there was one in the first half where it looked like he was going to go to Kittle on his first read. Kittle wasn't quite ready. 
the old Jimmy would have tried to fizz that back in. Like you said, Nadia, at the start of the show, mm. you know, those ones where you watch them behind your eyes. And he threw the ball away, dusted himself off, moved to the next yeah. play. And, and I was chuckling, mm. Gareth, because obviously I don't want to move off the offence yet, Nadji. If Lee was here, Lee jinxed himself by saying he wasn't impressed with Debo Samuel. Debo <laughs> didn't have, you know, had been what he'd wanted this season. And then Debo came in with his first 10-touch game since week three. And I think yeah. Jimmy's got that confidence, Gareth, that he's got George Kittle, he's got Debo Samuel, he's got Brandon Ayuk. I mean, we've all been quite elusive of our praise of Brandon. And I think that first touchdown, the route was excellent from Brandon. But you've got to give Jimmy the credit for getting the ball in there as well, which yeah. is what I was hoping, Nadji, that you were going to give him some flowers because no, the no, community he's, he's are a, interested a in your opinion. I, I, can't, <laughs> I can't take that away from him. He had a good game. The, the, you know, It's just the baggage is still there, isn't it? He's, he's still carrying it. The, yeah. All those games that he's lost us by himself, it's still at the back of my mind, and I still believe he has one or two of those in in him at some point. Um, hopefully not, but I, you know, it's only his job to to prove me wrong. So, and I'll be happy to be proven wrong when, they all, when it's all said and done. Um, yeah, let's talk. You know, pick your poison attack. It's not Yak Bros anymore. It's how do you want to die? It's it's a nightmare for us. We're never going to be able to predict what's going to happen and who's going to have a good game because there's too many. Just, just but, before yeah. we move off, off Jimmy completely, and this is this is not yeah. taking away anything from Jimmy, but I think the quarterback's coach, is it Bob? Brian Greasy? I can't yeah, remember. Brian, Brian, Brian Greasy. Greasy. I think he, he probably deserves something in that because that there, there has been a, the clear improvement that we've wanted to see from Jimmy, certainly in the last two years uh, since, the, since the Super Bowl won. And, and it seems to be coming together for him. And potentially it's coaching, it's a new voice, it's a new angle yep. of, of taking on the game. Um, and it seems to have got through, potentially. So yep. I think he's, he's worth a mention there as well. Great shout, because we haven't mentioned his name, and it was kind of a, an odd hire, I would say, at the, in, you know, in the off-season, coming off the ESPN booth and, and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, you're right. Um Sometimes you don't need to look too far for a good um, for a good explanation, and that could well be that they just gel really well together, and he's found a way to unlock that can that version of Jimmy that we all wanted, and Scangarello couldn't get or Carl couldn't get. So, yeah, thank you, uh, thank you, Mr. Greasy, and hopefully, um, hopefully, you'll be good to try too. I was going to say, hopefully, that's that's a good sign for for Trey. I think on on the offense, where will we start? I'm, I'm going to start on the O line. Sure. Um, and I think because he's had a bit of a grilling in the last few weeks, uh, McGlinchey's name wasn't mentioned once. Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't think he didn't give up a penalty. The the inevitable holding 69, 10 yards um, that we seem to see every game didn't happen. Uh, I don't think Aaron Banks' name has been mentioned by commentators this season. And again, yeah. we know that on the O-line, if you're not being mentioned about, you're having a good game. Um, and I think, you know, Trent Williams is who he is. Um, I think, uh, uh, yeah, Brendel had a good game. I think there were there were three or four offensive line penalties, um, but nothing yeah. that, that really seemed to cripple us or nothing that we couldn't overcome. Okay. Um, and they they kept Jimmy clean. And I think we've yeah. seen we know we know that when Jimmy's got a clean pocket, he he's going to be at his best as 
as most quarterbacks are. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah I think uh, O line worth worth a mention, and then I mean we could spend an hour talking about the playmakers. No, I mean, we... so just just go for it, lads. I'm not going <laughs> to on the point. O line thing. I'll go. I've, I've been saying this whole season now. Um, people must be a bit fed up of me saying that, but it's gradual, steady improvement from them. Every week they just get a bit better, mm-hmm. and then and no matter who they play as well, which is quite impressive. Whether it's Mac and whatever or Aaron Donald or JJ Watt, you know, and I know the the Cardinals' D line isn't quite as talented as other teams we've played, so it might be an easier game, especially with the whole training thing. And I still can't believe they haven't trained at altitude. And when we did, clearly it was a major impact. It, they're getting better, and that's that's all. What I wanted is is you know Banks and Burford and Brendel to get better every time, and McGlinchey gives you. McGlinchy stuff and and Trent Williams being the monster that he is, it's just it's going to all come together. And this is why I kind of want to keep McGlinchy because if we can have the same line next year, it's only an upward trajectory, and they're just going to be they're just going to be awesome. And it's going to be one of those. I don't know if you guys, I know you're going to love me for saying mentioning the Cowboys, but you know that O line that they had when they drafted Zeke with Travis Frederick and, and I forgot all the other names, but it, they were so good. It was just so easy for them to run the ball. It made Zeke so much a better runner. And if we can get to that level of O-line, what the Eagles have right now, um, I think I think it, it, it makes everything easier. And whoever's under center next year, and I'm pretty sure it'll be Trey, it's so much easier for you if you don't have to worry about your blind side or whatever and you know you're not going to get sacked at every occasion that happens so yeah good good stuff from the o-line that's more of that um especially this week it's going to be a against the saints it's going to be a bit harder i think but we'll see i think it's a good point for you to bring up gareth because under the carl shanahan offense your o-line has to play well like you said they have to protect the quarterback i mean it was the third time this season gents that we haven't allowed a sack which is tied for the most games in the NFL. And I think, like you said, Gareth, it helped the run game. I mean, they were were just making those gaps. And like you said, Nadia, we all were critical of Brendel. So as much as we've given Jimmy G his flowers, Gareth, we need to give Brendel his flowers. Trent Williams is a wrecking ball. Some of my favourite players over the last couple of days have involved Trent Williams just balling players out the way. And like you said there, Nadia, he was going up against JJ Watt, who isn't you know a slouch, but he was handling him quite well. I think Burford's look good, but I think it was nice that you, you've started down that way, Gareth. And like you said, long may it continue. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, who would we talk to? CMC, Debo, Kittle, Ayuk, Mitchell? Take, take your pick. I mean, I'm going to start with Kittle with my uh, two right. touchdown uh, prediction. 100 yards, he was a, he was a bit Almost. short at 84, but I think that was... Now I'm going to blame the Cardinals for that, because if yeah. they'd made more of a game for it, we might have had to throw the ball to Kittle again. But, 84 uh, you know, in three quarters is pretty good. <laughs> it is, it is. So, yeah, I suppose on average, he, he should have had a 100-yard game. Yeah, but, uh, yeah I was I, I was pleased to see that. Um, I think it should be t- tempted. The, um, the Cardinals are very, very bad at tackling people with ball. Um, I'll I'll take it. They're still an NFL team. So um, anyway, Kittle, well done. Cheers, mate. You made me look uh, quite good. Two TDs. Uh, Ayuk, I think got a couple. Did did someone predict that as well, Paul? Well, I was quite disappointed with Ayuk's. Nah, I'm only joking. I mean, he only <laughs> caught two, he only caught two passes on the night, Gareth, for twenty yards, but both receptions were for touchdowns and. I'm not going to have any shame in cashing in those receipts. We said, like what Lee would say, we're four fans in the UK. Nadji's played the game. The rest of us, we just watch it like you guys at home. And we put our take on the internet. Sometimes it comes back to bite you in the bum. 
sometimes on an occasion like Monday night, I don't know about you two, but I was sat at home thinking, Gareth's got his right, Nadji's got his right, I've got mine right. And it just shows <laughs> that we are putting the work in behind the scenes and we, we are watching the games. And Brandon Ayuk is becoming the number one receiver that we knew he could be. And in this offence, to say that, he only caught two passes, but they both resulted in touchdowns. <laughs> and his route running, I mean, you'll probably know more than me, Nadja. I mean, to me, it was jumping off the page. And, and I'm a novice, you know, I've started playing flag football, so I'm starting to get the basics of running your out the right way. But Ayuk's route running was looking good. And they couldn't yeah, handle that, him. That whip was amazing. It very well ran. It just, you can see because the DB just keeps going the other way mm-hmm. forever. So, yeah, good. Good game. I mean, it's just Ayuk now. I think it's now expected him to have that kind of a performance every week. And last week, if he if he catches that ball from Jimmy in, in the end zone, it, he's got the same game, essentially. He's just super reliable. Just throwing the ball, he'll, he'll catch it pretty much every time, almost wherever it is around him. Um, yeah, it's just it's just becoming that. He's not becoming. He, he is our one, number one receiver, uh, but he's a true receiver compared to Kill and CMC and 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 Divo that do a little bit more than what he does, but he's also a very good blocker on that Debo touchdown. He was blocking downfield. You know, he's just he fills the mold so well. I'm very glad uh, I bought his jersey when we drafted him. Um, and uh, you know, the, the Sun Devils, the Arizona State team is definitely not the same since he's left. Um, they're not very good anymore. Um, but yeah, it, yeah, very happy with Ayuk. Uh, same again, long may it continue. I think this is the theme of the of the podcast. Debo, Debo answered the critics. Um, but I think it's I think we're just gonna have to get used to not seeing our favorite player have a good game every now and then because somebody else is just gonna have a good game. And that goes for CMC. I just I just received the jersey that I bought. Um and uh, I was proudly wearing it despite him being a little bit more quiet, but he still got, you know, um a fair, yeah, a fair chunk. Yards, I think. Yeah, yeah. A fair chunk. It just didn't get in the end zone. Um, but yeah, he's so good. He's so good with the ball in his hand. The moves he puts on people, and every time he runs, you know something might happen. He might just break it. And um, it wouldn't surprise me if he breaks one for eighty or seventy yards at some point very soon. Um, very excited about about having all of that and and what it does to Jimmy as well. I think it's amazing to have somebody like Debo and CMC and it just it must be so easy as a quarterback to know that all you have to do is throw it to one of those four guys um <laughs> you know and then something really good probably will happen and make you look very good as well so yeah uh well done our offense um it's not very often you see an offense taking the life out of a team and uh, that's what they did on, on Monday night. The Cardinals just didn't want to tackle anyone by the end of the game. They, they, they just wanted to go home mm. and uh, forget about this uh, this bad trip down south. Well, just before you move on from the offence, because a lot of people were critical of our offence at the start of the season, Nadji, and we're eighth in the league in total yards per Not game. Bad. We're fifth in total yards per play. We're tied for eighth in passing yards per game. And we're fourth in the passing yards per play. And Jimmy's a big part of that. But like you said there, we're sat here smiling. CMC didn't get a touchdown. Mitchell didn't get a touchdown. No, hang on. Kittle got two. Ayuk got two. Debo got one. And I think you undersold that, Gareth, because you did call for Kittle to have a big game. And he was fired up. And obviously, he's a big wrestling fan. He met his favourite wrestler before the game. And I think, like you said, Nadji, gives Jimmy 
he hasn't just got that one person as a defensive coordinator. It must be an absolute nightmare. Oh, we shut CMC out with this game. Yeah, but you conceded five touchdowns, lads. So the, the other four weapons have got on the team. And I think some of those Cardinals defenders, Gareth, made some business decisions when you watch yeah, that game absolutely. tape back. Especially <laughs> yeah. on Kittle's. As much as I loved when Kittle strolled in on the sideline for that second touchdown, I was leaping around. And then when I watched it back preparing for the pod, I was like, there was at least four defenders there. Somebody could have stopped it. There's a, there's a couple of safeties there putting in tackles like a kicker would. So yeah, like, like, a, like a 45 year old kicker would. Yeah. I mean the altitude. I mean Nick Bosa said yeah, it before oh. we move on. The defense they were shocked, Nadji, that they didn't train. And Nick Bosa said the training in Colorado was hard. You know, after yeah. the third, three reps, they were like, "Oh my god, this is going to be mental on on Monday night." But he said mm. when we got to Mexico, it we adjusted, and, and I think yeah. it sure didn't. I mean. If you look back at the game tape, I know we blew them out, but with about eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, I was very surprised to see the Cardinals punting the ball away and just yeah, it was over. removing all the starters. And it was yeah. you always called for an easy game, Nadji. I don't think you could that have asked for an easier game no, that, we got this, is, this is what I want to see every week. I will say if we wanna if you wanna be a bit critical of the offense, is this is the kind of game you need to score fifty points, not thirty eight. And and we didn't. I, you know, yeah, but I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm happy that that we saw Brock Purdy and Jordan Mason. Absolutely, I'm not. We, we we didn't need to. No, you know, no, no, we, we didn't. You've need made to, your point. But... You don't need to kick them when they're down. Um, I think. That, well, it's the Cardinals. Why not? Well, why true. Not? I think they're, they're on the hard knocks as well. But, so this game will be on national television. But you got. I don't know. I just. There's a, it's the off. You know, it's the offensive player in me. Just like, I, I just think. Don't get, stop. Get, Getting Do some snaps stop. for the second team unit that was out there with with Brock Purdy and Jordan Mason, who who had some nice little runs. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. Disappointed we we didn't convert. Uh, I think a third down, so we could see a Brock Purdy drive. Um, yeah, I think that's that's the only slight disappointment I would pick in the entire game. But that's absolutely that's my and, and that was good to see them because you can see Jordan Mason and why, you know, when we were a bit down on running backs, he didn't play. I don't think he's quite ready. I think that play where he went the wrong way is quite telling. Um, but that's you know this is this is life in the NFL. It's going to have to brush that off. Go back to the drawing board and study tape and make sure that doesn't happen because mm. you can't have too many of those until you uh, you get cut. And then yeah, and then Brooke, I, I really, I just, I really like his demeanor. He just doesn't care. He, he he's gonna go 100% all the time. I really like the way he's, he puts himself. Being Mister Irrelevant, he's got that little chip on his shoulder. And um, yeah, because you're gonna hear that he's Mister Irrelevant every time he's he's touching a ball in the game. This is gonna be if he's with us for the next 15 years, you're gonna hear it uh, hundreds of times. Um, but yeah, I, it's a shame we didn't see a drive. I would have I would have been amazing to see a Brock Purdy touchdown to get to 45 or something. But yeah. So I think we've uh, we've gushed over the offense possibly enough there. Let's 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 go over to the defense. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Defense that hasn't conceded in the third or fourth quarter since week seven. Um, I know there's a bye week in there as well, but that's 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 some stat. Um, I think probably the first place we 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 picked out Mooney Ward versus D Hop as one of the ones to watch. Uh, and there's been a little bit of afters on that with with uh, a few comments made by by Mooney Ward. Um, what, yeah, what, what do you make I match up overall, and who do you think won it? Really, I put my hand up and say that uh, I didn't think Mooney Ward would travel because, to be fair, he never had. Uh, but he took on the challenge, and um, I, you know, when I said it wasn't easy to do, I, I didn't mean it was 
impossible either. Um, it might come across like that, but uh, yeah, kudos for him too for for swapping field and and taking on the challenge. And um, I, I think when he won it, ultimately they've scored ten points. <laughs> you can have a thousand yards if you don't score touchdown; it doesn't matter. Um, and that's kind of the the motto that uh, Demeco Ryan's has been applying to all of his game. We did that to Cup a couple of times, and we did that to um, to Eckler. We just don't let people having big gains and big plays. Yeah, you're gonna catch it. You're gonna get nine catches and and a hundred yards. But as soon as you get the ball, you're gonna get tackled either by Jimmy Ward or Mooney Ward. Um, and and I think that's working. And we've learned that playing against Russell Wilson all these years that if you can limit the big plays and and the one play drives that goes for 60 yards and a touchdown, you're usually in a good spot to, to win a game because, you know, you, you game, you just switch momentum if you, if the offense has to work so hard to score any kind of points, um, which they, they did not. Um, and as I said, the, there is a start out there and I can't remember and I didn't look it up, but it, every nine plays or so, somebody's going to make a mistake and you can capitalize on that and change the game over. You can get a pick on the bat throw tip. You can get a fumble. Somebody's going to miss a field goal or something. And then it's, it's just momentum chasing and keeping your hand over the game. And that's what the defense does so very well. Excellent tacklers all over. Apart from Ufanga, he really needs to, uh, to, to get his hacked together when it comes to tackling. This turning around and putting his shoulder first is just not going to cut against uh, against the big boys. Gonna have to wrap up, buddy. Um, but apart from that, I stutter again. Um, and this, do you want to pick your poisons? Do you want to throw it towards Fred, towards Mooney, towards Huff, towards if you hold the ball too long, there's Bosa breathing down your neck. Um, it, yeah, it must be a nightmare for offensive coordinator to uh, try and scheme against us. We don't really have weaknesses. No, and I think there's a there's a few. I mean, we we can talk about Fred and and Huff and Bosa uh, again, um, but perhaps a few names that haven't been perhaps mentioned too often. Uh, to Sean Gibson, I thought he had a good game. Yep. He's a very good open fielder tackler, and he always seems to be there or thereabouts. So he seems to be reading the game very well, and I think he's he's it's been fairly quiet, and I'm not sure if it's popping out on the stats, but sometimes that means people just aren't throwing at him, and I think the yeah. same can be said of Diomedor Lenore, who uh, yeah. particularly his open field tackling has really impressed me, where he's come on one being exposed one on one, and he just wraps the guy up and they're down, um, no messing about, none of this finesse, none of like you've said trying to deliver the big highlight reel hit. It's yeah. just get the guy on the floor, and that's all I'm interested in. So I think he's done well. Uh, Sammy Womack with his uh, first of uh, interception. I think only fourteen more. <laughs> fourteen more. Um, and and great to see Kevin Givens uh, run through um, for a sack. And I think the interior D line we we have called it out with Kinlaw and Armstead missing, but I think they are they're getting getting there. Um, I don't know what uh, else. Uh, you want to pick up from the game, but I, I wanted to give a little bit of love to some of the guys we've not mentioned on the. On no, the, on the I, I totally agree with you. Tashan Gibson has basically kept his job from Jimmy Ward, which uh, for everybody that loved Jimmy Ward so much, is if he was really that good, which to my point, it would be back in the lineup at his best position. He's not, so um, Tashan Gibson is clearly a better player than he is a safety. Um, and yeah, he's, he's, he's just taking the opportunity and he's, I think it's just really gels really well with Ofanga. That, that duo works really well together and Mooney Ward and Lenore 
and Jimmy Ward, the whole secondary group is just working really well together. Mm. Um, and I think Arthur Leno had a very, very good game because basically he was on Great Dodge all night and really nothing happened until garbage time when he had that big 45, 50 yards or whatever it was. Um, he's getting better as well. And, and he had to adjust going back to corner rather than playing Nicole, which is, um, not the same position, obviously. Um, and, and, and he's taking on the challenge really well, uh, knowing that he's got, you know, El Presidente's favorite breathing down his neck, Sammy Womack, that we all, we all wanted him to start instead of Lenore and Lenore's delivering really well. So yeah, uh, it's good to mention the guys that we don't mention all the time. So. Yeah, it's good, good stuff. Paul, defense. To, we'll put you on. Big names. Come on. Fred. I mean, Fred. To, to, be, to be honest, yeah, I, I'm going to go down that way. Um, I was hoping Nadji would tip a cap to Jimmy Ward. But in your defense, Nadji, I think the credit goes to the cornerbacks. What I was impressed, gents, before we move on to the linebackers and the likes of Nick Bosa, the tackling was good for me. We were very physical. And I was going to ask a question to you both. D-Hop seemed to be having a good game at first and the game day thread, people were getting worried. But at the end of the game, would you rather have D-Hop, like Nancy said, with 11 targets, 11 receptions, 150 yards? Or would you rather have Brandon Ayuk with two targets for 20 yards, but for two touchdowns? And I think Ryan's has built that defence, gentlemen, which is the bend but not break. And like you said it well there about the fact that we've, we have PTSD about the Russell Wilsons, the Mahomes, the long players. But what I like about this defence, Gareth, is we don't panic. We don't worry. We also get it wrong on this pod. So as much as we're giving each other the flowers, we did say Mooney Ward wouldn't travel. And I thought, oh, man, what's he doing? It, to me, seemed to struggle. Like you said, Najee, it wasn't impossible. But I think as a unit, they played well. And for me, Fred Warner was just a beast, Najee. Recorded six tackles, yes. two <laughs> tackles for a loss, a quarterback hit. Dre Greenlaw's aggression is worrying me a little bit. He could have Sometimes, got a costly yeah. penalty when McCoy yeah. was sliding and he yeah. seemed to kind of like still want to smash him when he was on the yeah, board. Last second, you thought, what What are you doing? But that said, I mean, he finished with nine tackles and a yeah, pass defended. Yeah. But as much as we talk, gents, about the clean pocket for Jimmy G, Colt McCoy, he did not have it easy on Monday night. I think he was sacked three times, twice by the defensive line. Givens, like you said, Gareth, is he's having a, a good season for me, Givens. He got a sack that was well-deserved. And I'm not going to lie, I did enjoy 97 getting his sack. I just disappointed Gareth that because he was in Mexico, he didn't plant the flag. Because before <laughs> the game, I don't know if you saw Warner running around with the Mexican flag. and Yeah, did, like yeah. You, you said at the start of the show, Gareth, we've got to tip a nod to our Mexican counterparts because that atmosphere looked electric. And mm. I think the fact that there was 85% cheering for the 49ers, you could definitely tell when it was on defence. But again, another shout in the second half. The big question, Gareth, is can we do it again against the Saints with El Presidente mm, in attendance? I think, so. I think that's we're going to have to save that for the Saints preview show. Um, but yeah. there, there was there was a question about half an hour ago about uh, would I rather have D-Hop or Ayuk's stats? And I think, well, obviously, points, points mean prizes. Um, but remember, they're without Zach Ertz, one day or more left after like five or six snaps. So, of course, if, you, if you're down to one receiver, he's going to get a lot of targets. Um, uh, and we mentioned before, off air, it was the same as Cooper Cup. He had 100 yards on, on yeah. 10 or 11 receptions, but they were all seven, eight, nine yards, no explosive plays, no scores. 
and it's kind of you you can do that we we let people have that little bit of room through the middle of the field because we know when they get down to the red zone there's no space for them anymore and and none of that I well I can barely remember them getting down to the red zone um I know they they scored a touchdown with a, a Connor punched it in but it's you you've got to sacrifice that and say okay we'll give up seven yards here and there um but the receiver's got to catch it next time the quarterback will be on the floor and won't be able to throw it or next time they're going to try and run and we'll stuff that so we'll let them get a first down here and there we'll let them complete those 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 yardage and we'll just dust ourselves off and and know that that's that's not a tactic that's going to work for 90 percent of your snaps um and you've just got to accept okay they're going to get some yards they're going to get some first downs let's make sure they don't get points um, and so, yeah, I wasn't. Uh, I, I was particularly pleased with the way we shut D Hop out in the second half because, again, it's that adjustment. And I think that was a realization to say, look, Rondo Moore's gone. There's no Zach Ertz to worry about. Um, the only person who could possibly swing this game back is like a big D Hop play. Let's just make sure that doesn't happen and see what else they've got. Uh, and to be fair to the Cardinals, I don't think they've actually got much else. No, but I think it's, it will be a miss to mention how good our run defense is because we we lash about the, the secondary and how good they are and and all that. But you know, I, I just had to go and have a look at the stats. We allow 3.4 yards per carry on average. That's that's pretty amazing. You can't really ask for much more than that. It's uh, it's bang on exactly the limit for people to to get a first down every time they rush. But obviously, we know that's not how it goes. 81 yards per game on average is. It, it's it's amazing considering we don't have Amstead or Kinlow, and I think it's I think Givens and Ridgeways are starting to get a little bit better. Maybe we just uh, were a bit too critical too soon uh, of them to ask them so much so soon. It's good that they're running up exactly at the right time. You know what they say: season doesn't start until Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. and I think we might just be the best team in a in a league at this moment, um, considering a. Um, you know how the Bills are struggling and the Eagles are struggling a little bit more. And I would rather have the co- the trajectory that we have if we keep on w- winning than the Eagles if they keep on losing or, or being close to anyway. So, yeah, and it, yeah, it's just um, it's good. We're Amsterdam and Kino will be back soon. <laughs> as Lee as Lee would say, it's not how you start, it's exactly. how you finish. Exactly. But there's a name you've m- missed off, Gareth. I thought T. Y. McGill looked quite good. Um, given that he's not a big name player, and like you were talking there, we generated 23 pressures on Monday night. And you look down the list, and they were just being spread around. But I have a question, Nadja, that came in from Twitter. So obviously, oh. you were very critical of Nick Bosa in yes. one of the recent episodes. So yes. how did you feel Nick played? Because his stat sheet through weeks one to eleven is pretty impressive. So I was asked to get your opinion specifically on Nick Bosa. It is, and he's. I, I think I might just have to temper my expectation of what kind of player he is, and he's just gonna be. He's just gonna be good all the time, rather than being good and then and then absolutely amazing once or twice a year. Um, I'm just gonna have to take it. I would love to see it because we, we keep predicting it. It's not just me, right? We keep saying no, both of five sacks, both of six sacks, and we. It's just never. Don't it? How many? What was the the max total of sacks he's ever had in his career? Two, three, maybe. Mm. He's never had a monster game where it's just he's just eating sacks and taking the game. I, I just referenced JJ White because he's, he's again had a, a like a play completely out of this world. I just love to see Bosa do that kind of thing because 
I think he can. That's purely because I think he can, and I think he's that good. But it, yeah, it's a, it, again, it's an expectation thing. I'll take one sack a game uh, forever. That's you know, that's sixteen sack a season. Well, he is yes, ranked first. <laughs> he is ranked first in the league for quarterback hits. And in your defence, Nadja, you have come tonight and answered these questions. Where El Presidente, who bold prediction was five, has jumped on a plane. Yeah, Levi's escaped this questioning, so he's <laughs> yeah, run away, ran gents. Away. He's not he's here to answer away. for himself. Yeah. <laughs> I, think, I mean, Bosa will. Uh, I think if if Drake Jackson can continue his uh, ascent and he can start coming in with a sack or two a game, suddenly offences are going to have to spread their 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 blocking a little bit more. And I think, you know, that's what we, we, we know we've been needing that. If it's only one guy on one end, a good offensive coordinator should be able to accommodate that and keep that guy relatively quiet, no matter how good they are. Um, it's when, as soon as they do that, it just leaves another side exposed and someone feasts that they've just got to try and adjust. And I think once we've got... Bosa's never really had that. He's never yeah. really had, because, you know, we had D Ford for a couple of games and it looked good. And then then obviously D Ford was injured again and, and it's not quite <laughs> come through to with with another guy. I know we're being a bit greedy, I think, wanting two top pass rushers. But I think yeah. if, we, if we had a little bit of threat somewhere else that somebody had to, to give a little bit more consideration to, then then we'd see Bosa. Because, uh, you, you know, he wins one-on-ones most of the time it's it's when people are always chipping him or pushing him again wide or you just send the quarterback and the play the other way as you know as the Chiefs did the Chiefs skeeved around him and said that's the threat we keep this Nick Bosa quiet our offense will operate and they did it incredibly well um and I think when you only have one guy Bosa is clearly the top top name on any kind of hit list for an offensive coordinator of who do I need to keep quiet and it's probably Bosa and then, then you know, Warner and Mooney Ward and, and others that we could list. Um, special teams might be worth a mention. Good special teams play again from Sammy Womack. Uh, unlucky not to down the ball um, twice in the five-yard line. Yeah. Um, good long punts in the thin air. Uh, but luckily we didn't have to rely on a, a field goal thriller. But uh, yeah. special teams uh, unit was good, I think, but in a good performance. Yeah, this this seems to be solid. Definitely better than we were in previous years. And with this looming, it's going to happen, people. Very McLeod's going to return one for a touchdown soon. It'll happen. It'll happen when it matters. Maybe in the Super Bowl. Fantastic. Anything else uh, from the Cardinals game before we move on? It's just nice to see all three phases and you, you ended it quite nicely there Gareth so I think we've covered it quite well all three phases of the ball played well it was yeah. an easy night it was enjoyable in the game day threads and I have thoroughly enjoyed watching mm-hmm. the game back and I will probably watch it back again before we record <laughs> the Saints preview game I think the only, the only thing I would say on that is as much as though the performance was good you can still see that there's room for growth but that isn't that isn't the top of what yeah. our, either our offense or defense should be able to play like, um, but they they it's it's what you said, Naji. It's a steady progression. You get better each week. You're more familiar, even though the injuries and the sore bodies start to to pile up. And um, we've got three home games now. Uh, no more flights for for uh, uh, four weeks, and that's a short one up to Seattle afterwards. So I think there's some good re- recovery time there. There's confidence. Um, and the team does look like it's beginning to gel, particularly on offense. 
Um, so I think those were, were my thoughts of like, right, the season starts now. That's the team we've been waiting to see. Let's see that team every week and, and see that team get better every week. You're back atop the NFC West, which was mm. important, we said. Very important. Um, and obviously third seed at the moment. And, and there was a knock on Kyle, wasn't the gents, about in-division record. We're 4-0 yeah. in the division. Mm. And like you said, Gareth, we've got you know the next three games at home, then up to Seattle. So it's nice mm. to see the 49ers top. And I think the Rams have been eliminated from the playoffs, mathematically. Have they? Wow. That's so terrible. that's... <laughs> wow. Well, called out one, year too, one year too soon. Um, I knew it was going to happen. Um, one year too soon. Yeah, no, it's it's good. And I think we said in a preview that game that we just won in an easy fashion didn't cost us anything, no injury, no nothing. It's mm. going to mean week 18 might just be even easier. And it's just going to be Brock Birdie and Jordan Mason the whole game. And that's, that's kind of what we want to see. Instead of waiting for to win those games, it's put it in a bag when you can. A couple of things that are, are possibly worth mentioning. I think uh, Kyle Shanahan now has a winning record as a oh, head yeah. coach. That's awesome. That was the game that, that tipped him on the balance, finally. Uh, first yeah. time he's had a winning record. Uh, the 49ers uh, uh, now have the most wins of any team ever on Monday Night Football. Hey. Took the Steelers, I think it's 52 now, is it? 51? Wow. Um, uh, and also, uh, I since there was no game on Sunday, I caught obviously a bit of red zone. Um, Vikings don't look like an eight and one or eight and two team, and the, neither do the Eagles. I think a couple of teams have been overhyped, and I think we we could hopefully see a couple of teams fade. And the NFC is there for the taking because let's face it, Buccaneers. Who knows? Yeah. Saints aren't all that, although maybe I'll speak too soon on that. Uh, you know, cow- Cowboys obviously put away maybe. the Vikings, but yep. yeah, it's um, the, the NFC is definitely up for grabs. And if we carry on playing like we do, I don't see why we couldn't get the first the first bye week and and mm. all that. I just it's definitely possible. Our schedule is not that strong, um, but yeah, we just need to keep playing the way we did. It's um, Every every week, week by week now, it's just let's not get too carried away. That's it. Uh, Paul, you have some uh, announcements. Yeah, so after our last show, gents, when I'd called for Jimmy to have my bold <laughs> prediction, Alex Simpson, and I do have his permission, Alex Simpson commented and said that if it came off, he would purchase a Jimmy G jersey for Christmas. So being the social media manager that I am, gents, I screenshot that message just in case Jimmy proved me right. So on Tuesday morning, I dropped that post in the group. And in Alex's defence, he's, he's messaged me, he's DM'd me. So unfortunately, due to the cost of the Jimmy G jerseys, he will not yeah. be purchasing the Jimmy G jersey. And to be fair, I wasn't holding him to that, Gareth. It was more tongue-in-cheek. But in the good spirit of the bet, he has purchased a Jimmy G Pop Funko so we are going to do a giveaway with Alex's permission on the pod. So we've got yeah. a nice, shiny Jimmy G Pop Funko to give away. So all you need to do is basically, wherever you get this podcast from, just comment, send us a message, have it DM me, DM Nadji, DM Gareth. And then what we'll do is this time next week, we'll just put all the names in a hat and we'll we'll do a draw. And someone will yeah. get a nice Jimmy I G think G the Pop easiest... Funko. The easiest would probably be to comment on the Twitter feed where we post yeah. this, this, the Twitter, well, Twitter and Facebook. Twitter or Facebook, yeah. Yeah, the Twitter and the Facebook when we when we post the, the this episode you're listening to. Just go wherever on Facebook, on Twitter, whichever, doesn't matter. If you go twice, you won't get entered twice. One name, one entry. Um, 
Yeah, just leave a comment. Tell us what you thought about the game. Tell us something. Uh, tell us how good we are with Ali or something like that. And uh, and you'll get entered into competition and you might win a Jimmy G Funko, which might be very valuable uh, in, in a very near future, I would imagine, if uh, when he wins the Super Bowl. Kev Pippin is allowed to enter everybody. It is open mm. to everybody in the group. I will well, just con- throw that out con- there. Congratulations, Kev. You won that. <laughs> But yeah, it just goes to show, Gareth, the spirit in the group and the yeah. game day thread yeah. was pretty excellent. I mean, I, I dipped in and out of the Facebook one and the Discord one because my new red-eye tradition is to talk to Mr. Peplo. But from what I could see, the game day thread was was running quite smoothly because obviously we were winning. Um, yeah. And obviously, Lee appeared on Let's Talk Sports last week, which went down well. And I am dying to get used to gentlemen back on. So I do need to obviously get your schedules and we'll arrange for that to happen. It'll happen soon. Yeah. Ideally, after a game we've won, please. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so take the point for the rest of the yeah. season. Yeah. Which one you want? <laughs> Great stuff. So thanks, gents, for joining me. Um, nice tight show. Not a rabbit hole in sight. Uh, don't know. We, we we occasionally knock out these really good shows. But yeah. Uh, maybe there maybe there's something in that we'll have to analyse. Um, and thanks to everyone who does listen to the show. Uh, uh, yes, even you, Lee. Um, like, subscribe, comment, and share wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back to look ahead to the Saints game. Uh, keep an eye on some social media because I think there will be updates from the UK faithful who are out in the Bay Area, even as we speak, getting ready for the Saints game. So until then, go Niners. Good Niners. Suck a Rooney, baby. Bang, bang, nine again. Like Joe Montana in the corner, D. Clark. Garrison Hurst, stiff form going 99. Don't get it twisted, one and all with prime time. John Taylor, Jerry Rice down the sideline. NDB, greatest owner of all time. Gruden, Walgren, Bill Belichick, we're all students of Bill Walsh. Don't ever forget.